0: war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop it and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food. They have the big deck now. Stop it and see them. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So there is a development with the race in CD2, the Congressional 2 race. And that is where you're going to have now this David Siegel and david siegel i recognize most people wouldn't know him but i knew who he was he was a rep that ran for he was a a, a rep i believe he attended brown university i knew him uh and of him as a rep and then he ran for congress in 2010 now i as i always maintain you learn a lot by running and you also learn a lot by sometimes running and losing so he did run he was unsuccessful but he finished third where in 2010 it was the democrat primary congressman david Cicilline won the race he was the mayor of providence anthony gemma finished second anthony gemma ran a very strong race and then david siegel finished third and then bill lynch the former chairman just had no life to his campaign and finished fourth well david siegel has announced that he's now running in that cd2 congressional district race i am telling you right now he also number one he just picked up uh ian donis is reporting he just picked up an endorsement from elizabeth warren i'll say this about david siegel um it's it's very telling he's not part of the Matt Brown collaborative, but David Siegel was a progressive along the lines I'll I'll be objective about it. He was a progressive along the lines of an Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders before they were big on the scene. I mean Bernie Sanders has been around for a long time, but where Bernie Sanders really broke through was 2015-2016. How about the fact Bernie Sanders is not ruling out a run in 2024 even though it'd be 83 years old. But David Siegel is a problem because I'll give him, you know, this, he's authentic. He's very authentic. He has had these beliefs, he has evolved with these beliefs, he's been involved with different progressive organizations. Um he's run a race before, he's run a campaign before he he brings credibility to a lot of these issues he has lived these issues he has stood by them he's not new to the game so right now i believe that david siegel poses a big threat to seth magazina the general treasurer in that cd2 race right now the way that race breaks out is seth magazina is the front runner sheerly based on the fact that he's been elected twice as general treasurer and because he's got the most money number two is this woman ruth morgenthal don't really know her used to family has a house in rhode island so understand they always kept it she's been working in dc doesn't really know the issues doesn't know a lot of people in the district i i don't think she's the the, the strongest candidate um those are the the big two right now um with with magazine but siegel poses a threat to magazine her because he can raise money. He could get, he could get a big name to come in. He could get maybe an Elizabeth Warren come and do an event for him. She, you know, she's got deep roots with a lot of people, with that crowd. Um, she could help him with the female vote. David Siegel is more akin to a Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren type of candidate, and has been for a very long time. Seth Magazine, who's not that i don't think he's that good in his feet he's smooth he's polished he again he's got a lot of money but siegel could really prove problematic uh he comes off like a congressman in a way he is uh he's educated he's well-spoken uh well-traveled uh personable i think in some ways he didn't run a great campaign in 2010 in for that patrick kennedy seat that that cicilini won but um for his core beliefs, the people that believe what he believes in, if you're part of that progressive crowd, then he's got all the credentials that you need. And an Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, they listen. They carry a lot of weight in in uh, in a primary and in something like that. Because remember, it would be a primary um, on on the Republican side. I did do a posting on this i i uh the race is now down to uh, former rep bob lancia and former Cranston uh, mayor alan fung and i i, I don't know what's going to happen and i'm anxious to see how that how bob lancia feels that he's going to defeat former Cranston mayor alan fung folks this portion of the john de show, show watch my lawn doctor remember your best lawn guaranteed right now take advantage early spring do spring lime, late spring then they do a summer program grub prevention early fall fall late fall your best lawn ever guaranteed go online they have a great easy to navigate website it's LawnDoctor.com. you can call them for a quick easy quote 401-392-1025 i swear by them lawn doctor of rhode island have them treat your lawn even if your lawn looks good you want to have them treat it for whether it be a grub control and or for ticks and mosquitoes lawn doctor you can mention the john DePietro show referred to you but uh, go online to their website uh, it's LawnDoctor.com. i think they're the best and it's your best lawn ever guaranteed so whether it's for your home or business how the condition of your lawn looks it it you know people take pride in it and adds a lot to the appearance of your home of your property and if you have grandchildren who want to come over make sure you don't have ticks and mosquitoes in that grass lawn doctor Call them for a free quote, 401-392-1025, or online at lawndoctor.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Listening to The John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com Joining me right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe, focusing primarily on Rhode Island. It is uh, our friend Dan McGowan. I want to start off, uh, Dan McGowan, Uh, Boy, there's nothing like basketball playoffs. There's actually nothing like... I'll watch anything if it's a playoff game, whether it's hockey, baseball. Uh, During the season, sometimes I think they sleepwalk. But what a... Un- and, and I'm doing this only because I know you're a Nick fan and of your coverage of the Friars in the NC tournament but what a comeback by the Celtics like <laughs> what a
1: game i am all in with this uh, wow. i feel like you're i feel like you're really twisting the knife on me here uh no you're you're exactly right i mean look the 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 cool i'm like you john i feel like the if it's you know if there's kind of playoffs you know win or go home type of scenarios i'll watch soccer i'll watch football i'll watch basketball and you know the cool thing about i think the nba playoffs this is a bad thing about the regular season but the cool thing about the playoffs in the nba is you see them go to a new level right and these first two games i think you know probably the best series going is this celtics Nets series and you just see sort of the, you know, such a high level of basketball talent. It's, it's really a good thing to watch. And, you know, I don't, I am no Celtics fan at all, but they have been uh, excellent the second half of the season and then into the playoffs and you go up 2-0 against the Nets. You know, I wouldn't count them out, but uh, it sure looks like the Celtics team kind of has the makings of a very special uh, run through these playoffs.
0: Absolutely. And coming off, you know obviously you know patriots were disappointed but the red Sox, you know made it interesting the fall the McGowan, i am curious how you became or or
1: actually it's how you became a nick fan was it from 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 growing up it is it's it's the oh, so i grew up in connecticut right. and the uh the new york uh, teams yeah and the 90 the 94 playoffs yes. Yeah. was the, you know, the the year I kind of, you know, I'm okay. seven, eight years old, and, I, and yeah. I become a huge fan then, and that, that was the, so I became a Knicks fan. I think, oh, we're going to get to the finals every year. We've been to the finals once since then, <laughs> so hasn't been a great run for me. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: I, you know, New York, it's too bad the Knicks have not had a good team in a while, because when they're Jamming that that can become very quickly a basketball town.
1: Very Um, much so. I I think it is. I mean, honestly, I think when the Knicks are good, there is something about New York that even the Yankees, like, and the Yankees are are obviously the you know the real team of New York. But they really are the Knicks when they're good. Uh, I mean, you even see it in spurts. You know, they start off. I think three and one this year, and you know, the Daily News and the Post are writing, "This could be the year." (laughs) You know, I mean, the the expectations rise so much. You know, when you just when you have a win record, let alone you know you actually have a good team.
0: And it 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 is why I was in New York in the '90s when those Knicks teams, when Pat Riley and the coach and that '94 team, and you Ewing, and even I saw Michael Jordan play at the Garden a number of times. Um, With the Yankees and I, and also though when the Yankees were in the World Series, it just takes over. Absolutely, absolutely takes yep. over New York. Cab drivers have Yankee hats on. I mean, everyone does. Uh, but it, it's too bad. But the the uh, the Celtics, what an unbelievable run! And now, uh, and it, it just moves to you know the next phase. Now they go to Brooklyn. You know, one quick thing about the regular season, there was a great story several many years ago in the New York Times uh, magazine section, and it, they were highlighting. Um his name was Amar. He he was a young player for the Suns, but the whole purpose of it was that basically the, where the fans and family sit during a basketball game, it's basically like a section of lottery winners. That's because right. every everyone on the court is at least a millionaire, multi-millionaires. The the, the the outcome of the game it doesn't matter that much because you know during the regular season, but the playoff basketball game is is just it fantastic.
1: becomes. I mean, what you saw, I, I remember that sort of the Amari, I think it was Amari Stademeyer was the, exactly uh, right. yes. it, you know, it ends up he ends up going to the Knicks. Of course, the uh, your the difference is so dramatic. You, you don't notice this in for baseball, which is you know the sport that I really love there's not a huge difference between a Saturday afternoon in April and the atmosphere changes, but the way the got the players compete because baseball is a very kind of disciplined game. Basketball changes completely. The intensity goes through the room. you know, you don't see this in football because in football there's so few games that you have to be intense no matter what. Right. So basketball, you're right. I mean, you can, you can go to a game – I mean, I, I think – actually, I, I think we joked about it at the time. I'm pretty sure I got COVID from being at a Nick celtics game uh, wow. this season. yes, and, that's right. And, you know, you watch that game, and both teams kind of sleptwalk through three quarters. And, yeah, they turned it on a little bit in the fourth quarter. But th- then you watch – you know, I mean, the last, the last couple of minutes of that game on Sunday especially – I mean, that is just as good a basketball as you're going to see. And then to see the Celtics come back last night and they get down in a big hole and, uh, and you know, just fight back. I mean, that's the, the special thing about the Celtics team is they just fight. They're tough.
0: They um, do. And you know what else, David Gowan, is the fact that it's a series. You know, mm-hmm. that's what adds to it. Football, that's the only thing. It's, it's a one and done. But, um, but the fact that, you know, now it shifts back to Brooklyn. I would think it's going to then shift back to Boston. Yeah, uh, you really get to know the players in the team. They're like Kyrie, and that is a very good. Well, it's a good story. It's, it
1: it's a good storyline, right? You've got the Kyrie factor, you've got yeah. Kevin Durant, who, who might actually be the most talented player who's yeah. ever played the game. I mean, he is yeah. that good, yeah. um, you know, not the best, because he's obviously not Michael Jordan, he's not LeBron, but he just the way he plays the game. And so, and then you've got this really special Celtics team with, you know, two elite players. Then you got a guy like Marcus Smart, who how could you not root for that guy? He just plays his butt off. Yeah.
0: But the uh, Garden was alive last night. Well, Dan McGowan, I am very anxious to hear your thoughts on this uh, so-called Superman package that came out there were a lot of happy faces at that press conference a lot of agendas going on between Governor McKee even Mayor Alorza came in yeah. um, and, and then uh, Stephen Pryor everyone has somewhat an agenda but you wrote a good piece where you're saying that the city of Providence and so the word you used I was actually surprised is they need to be greedy on this deal so but what take us inside that
1: yeah so you know the thing is is you look at this and you see you know, you, you, we, the, the way these guys, when I say these guys, I mean all the politicians, right? The thing they want to do is they want to have this balance between, you know, taking a victory lap on something that, you know, that, by the way, if this building gets filled, there's lots of people deserve credit for getting it done. Um, they want to have the balance, though, between the victory lap and then they want to be able to say, Hey, we didn't, you know, we didn't cost the taxpayers very much money at all. And you look at this deal and everybody's saying, oh, you know, 40 million and, you know, it's not that bad. And they wanted more. And and we, we got such a good deal. And you look at this and you say, the biggest subsidy is the number we don't know yet, which is in the city of providence uh yeah. that, that that the providence city council will have to approve i mean they they want a 30-year tax break uh you know and, and that is first of all it's relatively unprecedented it is you know the you, there's the law currently only allows you to do 20 years so they're gonna have to change the state law first to to get it done and you know i look at this and And I tried to write a column that would be kind of appealing to people who kind of know how this stuff actually works. I feel like you're somebody who, 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 you know, I was almost writing for, which is, you know, you start to think about this and you think about, you know, who gets what out of this. And if I'm the Providence City Council and you and everybody is desperate for me to... Uh, you know, to pass this tax break,, yep. I start to come up with a list of here's what I get out of the deal. And You and I talked about it a little bit last week. That's the Buddy SieNC mentality. And there are things that I would argue would benefit the state uh, or would, would benefit residents just as much as it would benefit any you know singular city council member. You know, the thing I've been saying is, why not put uh, in John Lombardi, the, the state rep member council president, said to me too, you know, why not get the state police to pay for uh, a police academy or two, uh, not, not the state police, the state to pay for a police academy or two, you know, start to really target that downtown area so that, you know, you you have kind of a safe environment down there. Um, you know, the city wants to figure out this pension bond, uh, you know, get some assurances that that's going to pass. There's lots of things that they can do that, you know, again, could put the city on, uh, I think, firmer financial footing and, you know, potentially firmer kind of safety, uh, you know, safety footing, things like that. Now, the, the real, the, the, the open here thing is, the truth is, and I wrote this in my column, is the Providence Council tends to be a cheap date. They, yeah. you know, they, they'll take a donation or, you know, you promise to support them in the next election, and a lot of them are good enough with, you know, with that, I think this is one of those moments where you know, you've got a smart council president. You start to make, I think, targeted kind of demands. Uh, and, and you know, people are going to say, though no, the council's going to kill this deal. I think the truth is this deal is so good that the only things that are going to kill it are going to have no, it's going to be no control of, of any elected official. The only things that are going to kill this deal are, you know, if, if interest rates are going up. And if there or if there's a recession, I think other than that, they can negotiate with the city council. They can, you know, get the deal out of the state that they want, because it's such a good deal for the developer that there's no chance he's walking away unless the thing falls apart again with, you know, with things that are kind of outside of the city council's control.
0: Dean McGowan, is there a story behind the scenes of how you know mayor alorza who obviously has not had a good relationship with enjoyed one with governor mckee how who who is the power broker behind the scenes that led to him not only standing there at the state house in the state room but saying dan mckee got it done
1: you know i'll I'll give you the the power broker i think this whole way has been commerce secretary stephen prior uh you know a, a couple of a couple of months ago it's probably now going back actually last summer. So we're talking almost a year ago. I remember I was at a coffee shop downtown and I was you know getting coffee and, and I look and who's sitting right near me? Is, is Stefan Pryor and Mayor Lorza? You know, not, it was, wasn't on anybody's public schedule. They're hammering things through. They're discussing lots of different things. I, I think that the Commerce Secretary understood that while it is completely true that Mayor Lorza does not have you know the same kind of political clout as you know some of the previous mayors of Providence, things like that. What you didn't want was a mayor who you know had a reason to oppose this because you know you, you never, if you remember back with the tower, the Fane Tower uh, down on the 195 line, which still hasn't been built yet. The mayor made things really uncomfortable. Now they passed it; they got it all done. But remember how vocal and how critical the mayor was of this project, by the way, in hindsight, he's starting to look more and more right about his opposition. Um, but I, I think that's what it was. I think Stephen Pryor understood deeply that if the mayor of Providence isn't on board, he can just make everything a headache. Um, you know, you, you do still have a, a, you know, a podium you can yell from when you're the mayor, even when you're the outgoing mayor. And, uh, and, and, you know, and I think, I think we talked about this last week as well. The mayor, the mayor sees this as a little bit of a legacy builder, right? He, he knows that he certainly is not going to be remembered as the economic development mayor. That's just not, right. you know, that was not something that he you know, cared all that much about. He kind of forfeited a lot of that responsibility, I think, to Gina Raimondo in the state. I think he knows, boy, if, if that thing gets built, um, you know, especially if, if the shovel goes in the ground before uh, he leaves office, he's going to get to be there for that. And he'll always get to say, you know, I, I helped get that thing filled, whether that's for his future political career or just, you know, the thing that makes you feel good as a Providence resident. And, you know, it's something that you would say, and that if, if it does get filled, I think the mayor will be able to say forever, I helped get that done. Uh, that would be one of his lasting legacies.
0: Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Much more ahead right here with John DePietro j perry paving folks you can depend on j perry paving they provide high quality fair pricing exceptional service over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401 732 1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month They provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand-new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan McGowan, why, first of all, you know, it's interesting we said those guys because then you think of it. You know, there's Michael Sabatoni, white male, Stephen Pryor, white male, Dan McKee, white male. Granted, Mayor Lorza, the developer who I – his whole speech about, hey, you know, give me this deal so I can take my mother to lunch on Little Hill. I thought was was pretty lame. Damn, McGowan. What? Why? I. I maybe. I don't know what it is. There's something. Uh, why do I think this this project is just never happening? I. I just. I, I just think there's too many things in play. The money is way too much. Um. the the, the ability of cost overruns. It's. Uh, you know, if if you're the new governor coming in, because I don't think this thing is going to happen between now and the primary, and I'm not convinced that McKee is going to the primary. What? What? Why? I just have this feeling. This thing is. It's. I've seen this kind of movie before it's it's I just think it's never gonna
1: happen. it's a it's a really reasonable thought and here's yeah. why it, it's not there are so many parts of this that are still kind of moving around. you know, they wanted to have, a big announcement for two reasons, because the governor wants to take everybody's yes. focus. Oh, off I of, get that. No you know, question. And, and Stephen Pryor is still very publicly thinking about running for treasurer. And He wants to, you know, be able to say, hey, look, I got this thing done, right? So that's why they they announced it at this point. And, you know, that gives the council enough time to kind of negotiate what they need to do. It gives the state leaders lots of time to, you know, figure out all the bills that whatever bill needs to be passed and whatever it puts everything in place but i think it's completely reasonable i'm a little surprised to be honest with you that we aren't seeing any of the democratic candidates for governor come out and be critical of it you have seen that in the right. race in providence you know gonzalo cuervo has been you know kind of stood out it's given him a little bit of a platform to you know nobody knows who these guys are uh it gives them a chance to kind of you know, come out and say, hey, this isn't, uh, you know, this is something that we should take a longer look at, things like that. I've been surprised by that. And you're right. I think, you know, those those two concerns that I listed off when I say, in, you know, interest rates going up, we're already starting to see that and the potential for a recession. I mean, experts far smarter than me are, are very much predicting that that could happen. And those things would, you know, would obviously kind of crater this deal. Um, I do think that there is you know, there's the will of, you know, you've got a speaker who wants to get this done. You have a Senate president who wants to get this done. So I think there's certainly a chance there. They wouldn't announce it if this wasn't something that at least was moving along, but uh, there's a whole lot of things that can happen before we actually see people in that living in that building, what, four years from now.
0: Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and uh, Dan McGowan, let's shift into a little bit of the, uh, the, the, is especially the, the the race for governor right now. Um I I mean I think you're noticing Governor McKee uh there's no there was no press conference two weeks ago. He he seems to be limiting his appearances to when he's announcing something. And yep. any idea if that dynamic's going to change?
1: I don't think it will. I I think, you know, what you're going to see is he realizes you know, every couple of weeks, somebody says to him, hey, we should probably have a press conference because, you know, we committed to doing that. And I do think once in a while, you'll start to You'll, you'll see him, you know, do some sort of uh, question and answer. But remember, it's mid to late April now you're going to see in no time, first of all, it's going to be the summer. So, you know, most of us are going to be kind of checked out. Certainly, you know, the average residents going to be thinking about the beach, things like that. He's going to be, you know, getting deep into campaign mode. So he's going to want to uh, use that bully pulpit that he has to announce things, but he's going to want to stay far away from having to take, you know, a hundred different questions on, you know, only things that are going to make him uncomfortable. So I think it is a deliberate decision to not be, Um, to not be doing this. They also, you know, quite honestly, they just don't have that much to say right now, right? You know, the the one thing that you and I used to talk about this a lot with Gina Raimondo, I know very well. I mean, she was demanding to to her staff to say, when I go up there on stage, I need to have something new to announce every single time. You know, Dan McKee just doesn't have a lot to announce and to promote, and the more that happens, the more you get, right? You, you get, you know, the hard questions from all the TV reporters. Then you get, you know, a few of the kind of the activist journalists to trip you up. Uh, and, and by the way, all fair, reasonable questions, but this is how it works, right? You get a lot of people to, you know, come in with just whatever's on their mind today. And the governor is not quite as quick on his, on his feet as I think a Gina Raimondo was, who would, you know, brush people off you know, she could be very offensive at times, but she had sort of a way to be able to kind of realize I can, I can handle, you know, the, the blogger in the corner or, you know, or Dan McGowan or whoever, Dan McKee's not as good at that. He's just, he just, he gets a little confrontational. He, you know, he thinks everyone's out to get him, everyone in the media, I should say. Um, and so I think that's why you're going to see him continue to limit it. I think the question we're all wondering is uh, the big one is Channel 12. I'm, I'm so interested to see how, how a Channel 12 debate works. And, you know, is he, is he potentially considering not going to a debate right. because he's so yeah. upset with them? I think that would be a, a fatal mistake for his campaign. But I, I, I'd be surprised if this isn't something that he's at least thinking about.
0: Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And, and I'm glad you just mentioned that because at what point do the TV stations make the decision that they're going to have to try to do a a Democrat gubernatorial debate without him?
1: Yeah. Because in the
0: past, you know, May, they'd be at the PPAC. June, they'd certainly, by June, they'd be at the PPAC. Absolutely. Um, I just don't, David, let's be real. I I don't see how right now you have a, a sitting governor, and I don't know if everyone fully absorbs this, but he, he, I don't want to say he's unable to sit down for a television interview, but he he doesn't want to do it in an interview right now because of this FBI probe. He's, you know, they're somehow waiting for the dust to clear. It's it's un, it's not going to clear. This is going to be going on for quite some time. I I just I think he's going to put it off, put it off. But there's a very good chance that he is not going on a Channel 12 stage to to do the debate. I I I believe, and from what I hear, he he, he almost, and I think he's wrong on this, but he kind of blames the FBI probe on the investigative work of your former colleagues
1: yeah he, he there's no question that he does blame them and and i think uh yeah th- this is a huge problem because it it you know the the thing that you're you're dancing with here is the between like does the the debates actually change the public's mind i think we could you know unless you have a huge blow up or unless you just completely, you know, the David Cicilline over Brendan Doherty, you know, you just clean up, you know, and you know, even the Republicans knew there was a decisive winner in that race. You know, you could argue these things aren't the the most pressing thing. You can't no show though yeah. because suddenly that's a national story, right? right. Suddenly the, the, the Democratic, you know, the Democratic Governors Association is is saying what you know what's going on here? How can you yeah. skip, you know, the 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 kind of the leading political stations uh, debate? You, you've got lots of problems there. And I mean the thing about this is it's gonna get worse for Demake because the only person going up on air right now is the Republican Ashley Callis. That's right. Uh you're gonna see the others go up soon too. And it's going to be negative when it comes to, you know, going after the, 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 the sitting governor. So he's going to be even more on the hot seat in the next 90 days. Um, I'm stunned, actually, that you're not seeing the Democrats on air yet, uh, because I think nobody knows who they are at this point. Right. Folks, we're
0: going to take a quick break. Much more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show problem with your heating system call re coogan heating today 401-732-6562 24-hour emergency service gas boiler oil burner coogan heating 401-732-6562 they're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is re com residential services as coogie says let us into your home Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold, it's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401. 732 6562 It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is RECooganHeating.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I just want to stay with this Governor McKee thing because in some ways, as I think of it, we're kind of in unprecedented territory. CNC in 2002, he was up for re-election. He went on trial for Plunderdome. If he had beat that, he would have had no problem going up on a, on a debate stage because he would have been the 800-pound gorilla victorious. I, I'm just not, I, I don't think he will. I, I think, I mean, this is, to me, behind the scenes, a little bit of a game of, chicken a little bit i think channel 12 should schedule their debate for june at the p if he's a no-show he's a no-show i think he might string them along but let's be realistic i don't think right now he can sit down for an extended period of time and do an interview because he does not want to interview answer questions about the fbi probe and i think we'd have to go back to some of the politicians who have found themselves in that situation you know gordon fox obviously was in no condition when the media finally caught up to him after the they raided his office he he looked like a a balloon that the ear had been let out he was totally (laughs) deflated walking into his house i i was outside his house as the fbi was inside his house Uh, it does a number on you um i noticed that mike mcgee is taking a new job and that's very interesting how you wonder what he is saying and and I'm going to speculate potentially he's cooperating, which is why suddenly one wants to start a brand new venture. But I, I, I do not see and I, I don't recall you know, how someone could be on that debate stage. You go back to and you weren't here, but Dupree and Sunland. there were a lot of questions, investigation of Governor Dupree. And when it turned to the debate between the media and Bruce Sunland, they were pummeling Dupree yep. on the Cranston land deal and everything else. So, you know, Gina Raimondo never had to deal with that. You know, four years. You you haven't had anyone like that. You know, Cicilline had to deal a little bit with the situation of Providence with Brendan Darty, but he was so strong and so smooth. And, and he
1: was and he was never thought of as a as you know under federal criminal no. investigation. And he wasn't. Right? It's right. He wasn't? Yeah. No. I. I think you've got it right. I think the other the, the other factor that I. I When's the last time the governor's done a sit down interview with almost anybody? Even, you know, he he was for a little while doing, I think, uh, Gene Valicenti for a little while. He hasn't done that in a while. No. Um, You know, I think he, he, it's been a little while since he's done any of that. And I think you're right. I think he's, uh, he doesn't want to face these kind of questions um and you know i i go back to this i've said this for months and months now you know he, he just he doesn't have anyone in his camp there's no one no. that he can send out to say you know wait a minute look at all the great things we're doing the best person yep. to do that is Stefan Pryor right now but stefan has got his own agenda
0: yes yeah and, and one more thing on CNC. at the time the only place he would go uh was really became limited he wouldn't do anything with channel 10 wouldn't do anything really with Channel 12. He, he would go on PRO, but Ron St. Pierre, who was his friend, was running the place, and it was a basic agreement that he would come on with the understanding they wouldn't ask him about Plunderdome. Right. So CNC would go on with Steve Cass, and they'd talk for 20 minutes, and, and not one question on Plunderdome. The problem that Governor McKee faces that I see is in a debate or in this environment. There's, I don't think there's any media outlet that's going to grant him that. No, there, there isn't. The
1: other, the other fascinating part of this is, you know, is the what's the what's the TV station do? Because yeah. the, Channel 12 is not going to not have a debate. Right? They're, they're going to have a debate. How do they handle it? Do they do an empty podium? Do they, you yeah. know, do they just say up front and maybe in the middle that the governor... It, it, that's going to really be... In, this is a little bit inside baseball, but it is... You know, if you have Tim White uh, every five minutes pointing yep. out to the to the viewers at home that the governor you know was asked to be here and declined an invite yep. um you know that will really hurt him it also gives all of the other opponents you know a, a great television commercial uh so th- there's going to be a real trouble there I, you, know, you do wonder does the governor you know is he strategic enough to say you know go to channel six and and you know they're they're a little bit kind of weaker than the other two stations and, you know, yeah. kind of hope you, you know, you're, you say, I'm going to get a fair shake from them at least. Yeah, uh, That would be a huge mistake, though.
0: Yeah, I think that I'm going to right now predict on this. I, I think that's what he does. I I think they may string 12 along saying we're not going to do it now. We'll do it in August. I think push comes to shove. He does. He will say it, it just weighs out. It's not it's not I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's right, but I'm just predicting he will not get on the stage i think channel 12 should go ahead with the debates i thought they would have more than one debate me too uh, I, you know, right i, I have still one may june and then have one in august
1: i still um, think they i mean i think that you do i think you've nailed it i think you do one early uh because a lot can change you do one you know at, at the latest you should be doing it in june so at least you yeah. know who's on the ballot and then you know things can change you know if, if, if you get to a point where uh, you know you, you they i assume they're also going to pull at some point you know the first one you kind of let everybody on stage and it's it's a little bit of a free for all the second though you can say look you know if you're polling at less than 1% you're not allowed here and you right. know people will understand that so yes. i i think they need to do i think they should probably be doing two primaries and then yeah. they should probably do two generals too
0: yes and it's, it's a late primary, so you, yeah, you 13th, could certainly yeah. do a, a September debate. Now, Dan McGowan, speaking of that, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, it is Ashley Kalis is the first one to step up and uh, has launched her television commercial. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, how her first uh, commercial has come out.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a uh, it, it smart commercial in the sense that it is not controversial at all. There's nothing in there that you would say, I, you know, <laughs> you, you're not opposed to safe neighborhoods. And, you know, she was, I think, very strategic about pointing out that she wants to battle opioid addiction. That is a direct shot at Helena folks and CVS. Yeah. Uh, so she's laying the groundwork. I think she comes across. She's she's an attractive woman. So she, you know, it comes across. As, as a mother who's gonna, um, you know, who, who who sounds reasonable, I think her her challenge in this race is to not be written off as the crazy person, right? Yeah. And and that's unfortunate, but as you know, that's how, particularly in this day and age, how democratic politics works. In her case, she needs to be kind of the reasonable above the fray, you know, problem solver who can present an alternative to you know, what will almost certainly be kind of a too liberal uh, Democratic nominee. And, you know, you want to be able to show kind of the the real differences and you want to be able to push back when when they say, wait a minute, Republican Trump, that's so bad. You want to just say, no, I'm not in this for Donald Trump. I'm in this to, you know, fix our schools and things like that. I think she's, you know, I think she's very successful with that. I think she'll resonate. If you look at where she bought her commercials, you know, it's the price is right. It's general hospital. uh, It's the view. What is she doing? She's trying to appeal to kind of an older, uh, often female um, audience that's going to give her at least a look, a fair shake. Um, heading into this general election, she benefits from not having a serious primary. She's going to be, you know, she's going to obviously cruise through there. Um, I think she could be a force. She she still has to get up to date on the issues, right. and you know, there there's lots of things she still has to do better. But yeah. uh, but she she's a factor. I think there's no question.
0: If you watch the commercial, I think you it's per, you you don't know whether she's a Republican a Democrat. That's right. And I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, uh, Mayor Avedisian all those years. Good luck trying to find the word Republican on any of the aviation signs. Exactly. Uh, The the win. What does David Siegel do to the race in Dan McGowan's mind in CD two?
1: Well, you know, on one hand, I I, you know I was here as one of the first races I covered back in 2010 when he ran for Congress, and at that moment, uh, he very clearly wanted to you know he wanted to move the favorite who was David Cicilline who won obviously he wanted to move David to the left. David was a uh, you know, for, for listeners, you think, wait a minute, David's always been a lefty. But at the time, you're talking about a, you know, a two-term mayor who was, you know, was very popular in kind of the national mayoral circles. This is before progressive was cool, right? This was, you know, it, at the time, it was much more about kind of being, you know, physically responsible, picking your spots, things like that. And, and David Siegel went in with the very clear intent to try to move him to the left. And I remember for years afterwards, you know, David Siegel would call reporters and push, you know, how is David going to vote on this bill? And how, you know, is he joining this progressive cause? And that's what he did. And, and in many ways, it did work because David Cicilline has definitely veered to the left, um, not as far as his colleagues, but, but certainly he's veered to the left there's a part of me that thinks that's what David Siegel is going to do here. The one difference is, you know, 10, 12 years ago, he was, you know, all he was, was kind of a progressive upstart who was known locally. Now, you know, he, I don't think he's as well known locally, but he does have a bit of a national presence. You've seen that in his fundraising. Um, So I think he's a factor in this race. And I do think when you, when you look at all these candidates and Seth magazine, is the, you know, clearly the leader when it comes to fundraising, all that stuff they aren't really kind of, they aren't standing out as, oh my God, that person is the clear favorite or the, like, you know, you don't know what any of these people stand for. I think David Siegel can appeal to, um, you know, to Democrats who want somebody who stands for something. Um, The flip side is, you know, the close, the further left you move in a Democratic primary, the more Alan Fung looks like a, just an unbelievably good candidate. Yeah. I think in the general, so I think Alan Fung loves the idea of David Siegel, uh, you know, really kind of interrupting this race.
0: It does. I think it throws in. Speaking of that, I think it really. I think he, his presence, I believe more than anyone else, I think he affects Seth Magaziner because, yeah. you know, Siegel. I think he learned a lot. He did finish. I, I think he finished third in that That's race right. with Cicilline because Gemma finished second. Bill Lynch uh, really ran a poor yes. campaign. Fell apart, finished, yeah. Uh, fell apart, fell fourth. But uh, Dan McGowan, speaking of that, um, I mean, I, do you understand or any idea on Bob Lancey still remaining in the race? I mean, I, I kind of posted a blog post about this. I think it's and, – and I plan to talk to him next week, but that has been become his identity for the past three and a half years. When he introduces himself, it's "I'm the guy running for Congress in Rhode Island," and he travels, and he and the wife have kind of made that—that's their life now. Yes, um, it's like someone that buys a camper and they start traveling around the country. You're, I he read. Goes to goes to CPAC. He goes. He was at Mar a Lago. Um, do you? I, I, just, I don't see. I, I'm anxious to hear from him, but other than, you know, you know I claim first. Reminds me when I used to take my kids somewhere, and someone would say shotgun. Right. And that means they get to sit up front with, with, with me. Um, other than that, I, I'm trying to figure out what is his
1: victory. Well, I thought your blog post about it was really smart because it, it, it has become kind of his identity. And the risk you run, you, you know, with kind of office, you know, running for office being your political identity is you, you start to become Chris Young, right? And, yes. and, you know, God rest his soul, but, you know, he, there was a guy who just, you the knew parade. every two years yeah. he was going to run for Jackson, something. Is used to say. It, yeah. exa- exactly. And I, I think the challenge here is, look. I feel bad for him. He's a guy who, you know, he, he would say he, you know, he, he got almost 40% or 40% of the vote two years ago. Obviously, you know there was a lot of other things at play here. You're running into, uh, you know, a, a candidate who uh, is is really good and and is somebody who can legitimately win this race. And I think uh, I think he's probably offended, right? I I would be too, I suppose, but. You got to look at it. You got to understand the math here. And, uh, you know, there's a reason Jessica De La Cruz got out. There were a lot of people, John, I'm sure you talked to many of them who were so excited about Jessica De La Cruz. It is really hard to raise money when you don't have a base, you know, beforehand. It's just, it's a very difficult thing to do. And all that energy and all that anti alan Fung sentiment, it it didn't translate to dollars.
0: No, it did not. And, you know, and I actually admire her for doing that because I kind of adhere to, um, in the book Thri- Thriving on Chaos, one of the mm-hmm. things they say is if you're going to fail, fail fast. Yes. And where I think she's actually smart and I'm impressed is that she knew enough to pull the plug. And where I think this could really pay off is I am hearing that this is Cicilline's last go-round. This is going to be the final time of are running. I, I've heard he has no interest in being in Washington. as the Republicans are going to take over, that could position her to make a CD one race in twenty four, and then she doesn't have to move her family. She gets two more years, you know, up at the the state house. Um, I'll say this about Fung: you learn a lot by losing if you can get up. He 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 lost running for mayor, came back, won obviously several times, and then you learn a lot by running for governor against a yeah. very tough opponent, Gina Raimondo. The other thing I'll say about Mayor Fung is so far, and I, I think where he's going to kick off next Tuesday at the, the bottom auditorium in East Greenwich, I think that's a good spot. But he has a spouse who is all in. Yep. And B.A., to her credit, she lives it, she breathes it. When they wake up in the morning, that's what they're focused on. When they go to sleep at night, that's what they're focused on. I think it can, it can make a difference in a race when you have someone who's as all in as you are yeah put
1: it like this right you now have two of you that can cover the district and that's right and that i think you're exactly right i think there are a lot of people and you and again you you know this very well there are a lot of republicans who would say well barbara ann you know was one of the reasons why Fung didn't do as well in 2018 but here's the thing barbara ann has become uh, she's a lot different of a person than she was a couple of years ago. Yes. She's she's more moderate than I think yep. she was before. I think she's yes. learned a little bit. Yep. Uh, she She's well-liked, well Um Now, in super conservative conser- uh, circles, is she beloved? No, that's not who Alan Fung needs, especially if that's he's right. not in a real primary. You know, you right. got, if Alan Fung is you know shoring up the votes in Cranston and she's down in East Greenwich knocking yeah. on doors – um it is it is a lot because you don't see this you're not going to see seth magaziner's wife you know out you know over there working no. hard they, they've got a child to raise right
0: you know and you, different people have been like ken you know ken block His, you know and he's a nice guy but his wife was invisible in the kitchen. that's he right just you know the solo out there the other thing about ba is you and i both know listen she took up when you take out Matty yellow you get to do things your way and oh, the, the yeah, republicans she's... that are Right. The Republicans that may be criticizing the real conservatives that are that are maybe criticizing or they're not big fans of fun. You know what? Dan McGowan, they're not the ones that put him in office for three terms in Cranston. Yeah.
1: Well, and here's the other part of this. You know, we go back to you and I at the beginning. We're talking about sports. You ever hear, you know, when a a player, usually Jason Tatum on the Celtics, you know, year two, year three in the NBA, the game starts to slow down for you. You start to see everything when you beat the Speaker of the House. Everything right. gets easier, you know. You yes. walk a little taller. You yep. feel very good about yourself, and there's a reason. Barbara Ann, it, it, it is she's confident when she's at the she state is. house. She's not, yeah. you know. She, she'll 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 disagree with her Republican colleagues. She'll you know she'll saddle up to leadership a little bit. And again, it makes some people crazy. But she walks a lot taller today than she walked two or four years ago.
0: She does, and you know their brand is the Fung BA brand. That's yep. their brand. Kind of reminds me of. You know the Caprios were always there. Was the Democrat Party, and then it was almost like Team Cap. That's they right. Kind of, you know, did their own thing, folks. Each day, without fail, I begin by reading um, the Roadmap, which arrives in my inbox, and Dan McGowan puts it together. It is links to all the stories you can read in the Boston Globe. Plus, as I always say, I, I, oh, he always tells me something I don't know. And right now, folks, by listening, if you just take this down, you can have Roadmap arrive in your. Uh, email box starting either tomorrow or friday Dan mcgowan how can that happen
1: the be- easiest thing you can do send me a blank email you don't have to write anything i'll know what it is just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com rinews at globe.com i'll know what it is and you'll start getting uh, uh, first thing tomorrow morning
0: go celtics folks he's dan mcgowan Dan, great job and we'll talk to you again talk to
1: you soon john thanks propane plus for
0: heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508-252-3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401-885-4209 it's the johnson family it's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane to rhode island and southeastern mass not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, propane plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus Heating and Cooling in Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in, R- in Rhode Island 401 401- 885 4209 you can depend on propane plus you're listening to the John DePetro show on AM 1380 99.9 FM remember you can always listen online at the website depetro.com now while you're there uh there's a lot of exclusive stories folks we cover stories the rest of the media ignores it's real news whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break, log on at the website. That's also the best way to reach me, by the way. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just scroll down a little bit. You'll see a, a button that says Contact John. You can also support the program. You you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at com. And it's all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, so you can watch Facebook Live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute and then also we have some great sponsors there as well it is a happening check it each day it's depetro.com. brother's disposal call brother's disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- six eight eight zero five one seven whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brother's disposal today come on brother call brother's disposal 401 517 look for them on facebook brother's disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 portion of the program brought to you by the kui sit in Check them out on the website, depetro.com. the Coïcid Inn, or an Island Tradition, since 1977. Located 226 Coïcid Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coïcid Inn, 226 Coïcid Avenue in West Warwick.